Welcome to EdForum, a show where we explore ideas and innovations in Adventist education. Let's get started. Here's your host, Mel Wade. We're having a conversation this morning with Rob Stevenson, who is a principal of Sawgrass Adventist School in Plantation, Florida. Uh, hi, Rob. How are you doing today? Doing great, Mel. Uh, this has definitely brought some unique challenges to us um, in education. and just want to talk about it with you and how the Sawgrass School has adapted uh, to the COVID-19 experience um, and how your teachers and families are adapting and, and some of the stories uh, we can share with that. To start with, would you share with us um, a little bit about your school, uh, what your school makeup is, size, um, environment you have, what your student student body kind of looks like in a sense there? We're a K-8 school of about 145 students. Um, we also have a preschool that has about 20 students in it. Um, we are in Broward County. We uh, we serve a, a mostly Afro-Caribbean uh, population and uh, probably have you know, similar demographics as far, far as students on Step Up and McKay as, as most of our other schools in our conference. And I know when I first moved to Florida, people said, oh, we're in Broward County, and they expected me to know exactly what that meant. Okay. So what does that actually mean to be in Broward County geographically? How does that impact um, education, and how, what does that really mean in that area? Well, Broward County, if, if you're looking at South Florida, you have Miami-Dade, which is where Miami is, and then you've got Broward County, and Broward County is part of, it, the Fort Lauderdale is the large city. If, if you don't know Florida, you'll recognize Fort Lauderdale from, from many of the spring break, uh, spring break stories you've heard. Um, so, so Broward County is where, um, is where Fort Lauderdale is. So we're just north of Miami. Um, Miami-Dade is is traditionally a a a, a, um, a, a Cuban Hispanic uh, for the most part uh, population, but when you just head up into Broward, uh, it's got a especially in the Seventh Day Adventist Church, but generally speaking, a very large Afro-Caribbean community, um, many from J Jamaica and and and, and uh, Trinidad and Tobago. And, and and those islands and then a, a significant Haitian Haitian community as well um, so that's sort of the demographic that, that, that we take okay. care of here and and that that's sort of the differences um, as, as you start you know moving up towards central Florida things are a little bit more mixed but for us here uh, the afro-caribbean community makes up probably 95 percent of our population Tell me a little bit about, um, you know, we woke up one day, it almost seemed like overnight. It was probably a span of about a week, which happened to be kind of in our spring break time frame that all of a sudden the world changed. And, you know, the, the messages came out that schools needed to be shut down for a period of time. We didn't know how long it was going to be. And we had to change. So we had to change what we were doing in education. So how did that, how did, in Sawgrass, how did that impact you? How did your school relate react to that? Well, yeah, it, it, it hit literally right as spring break ended. And, and I would have loved to have actually been in school before it happened. So we would have been able to in-service our students before it happened. That wasn't the case. 
Um, I have an amazing staff and I'm really, really blessed because I called them in. I said, okay, team, how are we going to do this? And what are our goals? And our number one goal as we set this up was to make sure that as much as possible, we could maintain some of the important structures of the regular classroom while our students were at home. Um, so what are some of those important structures that you want you your goals to maintain? Okay. Um, first of all, we wanted our students to, to, we encouraged our students and our parents really jumped in on this, to have a regular place where they were going to do school every day, where this is where their books were, this is where their computers were, this is where, this is where they were going to function. The next thing was to have set schedules of when the teachers were going to be, be in contact with the students. And we hit on, on a plan where our teachers would contact the students usually in the morning around nine o'clock in the morning. Um, where they would spend two hours with them and then spend two hours with them again in the evening um, covering the uh, the main curriculum and we eased into the slowly we didn't decide that we were going to jump all in because there was going to be a learning curve both for the staff and for the kids so if we jumped right in with a hundred percent curriculum with everybody doing it we felt like it would be overwhelming for everybody so what what we set on in our plan was to actually ease into it on a week-by-week -week basis, add a new component going through so it wasn't overwhelming for everybody. So we literally met on a Monday morning. By the Monday afternoon, we were already in contact with our students online using Zoom at first, is what we used at first. Um, because at that point, they, they, you know, it, it caught all of us by, by, by surprise. You know, we didn't have a lot of guidance as to what to use, but Zoom was the easiest to jump in on. And we let everybody know this was going to be an evolutionary process. Sorry to use evolution for some of you, but it was going to be an evolutionary <laughs> process and that we were going to move forward together. So, so um, we started just by doing language arts and... Um, and and math that's what we started with um, for the first three or four days we focused on language arts and math and then we started adding other parts to the program um, as the students and the staff became comfortable with the uh, with with the format that we were using we chose to combine language arts um, and, and history and, and certain aspects of Bible. And we started using, we, we are using project-based learning in that to involve students and parents. And the parameters we put on our projects is that everything that, that's involved to doing the project has to be things that are commonly found at home. So people aren't going out to buy stuff. We right. want to keep people safe. So we weren't, we weren't putting a large financial financial burden on our families. And they weren't being required to go out to 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 the store and purchase things. They were able to do it from home. Um, after we so 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 bit by bit we started adding projects, and then we added physical education. Okay. And so and uh, my parents actually love it, and I'm going to do a little testimonial because because I we immediately once we added PE we started I started getting messages from my parents over WhatsApp, which is that that's something else we did. We established one main way we were going to communicate with each other and with whatsapp you can set up different channels so there's right. the channels for just the teachers communicating there's a channel for parents at home and school communicating and there's pair channel for students to communicate with with the teachers on it so we have our three channels on on whatsapp 
And we immediately saw the parents thought it was amazing. Some of the parents even started doing PE with their kids at home. Because, you, you know, that that's really kind of a cool thing because, yeah. you know, as you would look at it from the outside, you would think, that, oh, that's something we just write off. There's no way we can do PE over the internet, you know, remotely. How do we do it? So, so what did what did, what kinds of things are they doing in PE? Well, when I when I spoke to Reina Torres, who's my PE teacher, who's great at at the, at the PE, I said, "What can we do? What's realistic?" And she said, "Rob, I can't do aerobics personally with my students all day long." She said, "I'd be worn out because we didn't do the whole school at once. We do class by class and fitting it in with the teacher's schedules. Right. And and so she would come in and introduce it, and then we would have an aerobics video or an activity video that the students would work out with. And so they see different faces each time, and then she can mix it up and change it up without having her being you know being completely burned out at the end of the day." <laughs> Um, yeah, she had to lead every class in aerobics. That would be quite a thing for the day. That would that that would kill her. In fact, I had one parent because I, I and I'll get into this in a little bit. You know, make the suggest say, say I'm really disappointed that the teacher isn't up front teaching all day long. I said, <laughs> if you're willing to volunteer to do aerobics all day long with the kids, I will have you do it. He he, of course. He said, oh, I didn't think about that, that she's teaching multiple classes. I, yeah, she he said, okay, I understand, I understand. I've yeah. got great parents. I've got to love my parents. I, I, I enjoy working with them. And, and then after, after that, uh, we, we did PE for a week, and then the next thing we added was music. And um, okay. with music, she's in there a little more, with the, a whole lot more than, than with the PE. So she has songs that the kids are learning. Some of them were songs we were learning before and using Zoom particularly, you can have your whole class, you can have, you can hear your whole class and they can hear each other. And some of them have their headphones on, some of them just have it with their speakers at home and, and they're singing their music. And then with the junior high, she actually has them because many of our junior high play musical instruments. She has them incorporating their musical instruments with music as well. Again, the parents are loving it because they actually hear and can see what their students are doing as opposed to just sitting at their computers. Another important thing we did, which I think is, is useful for anybody else doing this, is our, our, our two hours in the evening classes are actually timed to be at six o'clock in the evening. Okay. When the parents are going to be home, because not all parents are home with their kids. A lot of parents in, in, in our community, we've got a lot of parents who work in the medical field. And so we tried to plan it at a time when parents could be home to be there with their students so that they could so that the parents would be included in the learning environment with their children, included, especially with the crazy math curriculums we're using now, although the new one we're using, we're piloting is awesome, but it, but, but it's more understandable both for the parents and the kids, we're loving that. Um, but the parents will be able to help with their students after the teachers are gone to be able to make sure that, that things can be turned in and done effectively. So, so that's how it sort of grew. And, and then um, after we, we started, we, we were able to flesh out our academic program, then some of our social programming. We do Friday on chapel. Right? We, have, okay. uh, we have on Friday, we do chapel. Um, even when school's on, I'm usually the one who, who, who does it just because I love it and, and I've got a, a good rapport with my students. And so we did chapel. And what was amazing with the chapel, we've only done one so far because the other one was before the Easter Friday, so we didn't do it. So our next one is going to be next week. But what is cool for those of you who are school principals or pastors who are doing the chapels, you've got to realize that many of the parents are home with their students and the parents are able to listen in. So it really expands your outreach 
when you have your chapels from school because parents and students are there listening and participating together, which really brings our student body together. And I got a lot of positive comments from my parents that, man, this chapel really spoke to my heart. I didn't think about the parents being yeah. there. I was I was just doing chapel with my kids. I still had my guitar out. We did we did song service together. Did the whole thing just like it was regular chapel. Nice. And uh, and so you know we we fleshed out that program with the students as well. And and again I'm looking forward to this Friday because I miss my kids. It's a little different on Zoom because I had three pages in Zoom worth of kids on there. <laughs> you know. And so as they come on, I get in there early and I start recognizing them and saying their names and nice to see you. I do two chapels, one for my lower elementary, one for my junior high. And and so it gives me that contact with my kids, which at this point I'm, I'm really craving. And so right. it gives me that contact as the principal. I'm really jealous of the teachers that get to see them every day. But as the principal, I, I do come into work to school every day to be accessible to people who might need technology or need to pick up books or pens and papers from the school. I usually see about three or four parents a day. It's not a huge thing. Um, but um, be able to have that contact and that, 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 that sense that it's business as normal as much as possible and that they are that, that their religious growth is still important to the administration. It's been, it, it, it's been an, an interesting and fun time. So, so one of the questions that sometimes people ask is, well, does, is it really school? Are the kids getting a quality education yeah. in what they do? And, and what, can you speak to the academic side and what the kids are receiving academically and how you're measuring progress? Yeah. So you're, you're right that nothing, nothing beats face-to-face -face education. Um, I, was, I was in education where that whole wave of remote schooling was really blooming in, in the late 90s and early 2000s. Um, and, and, and I had some of that at the schools where I was teaching, but I was never a, a big fan and it kind of fizzled out, um, be, because you need that face to face. Um, so, uh, we, we're still trying to do that with zoom, but that being said, under these circumstances, especially because many of the parents or one or the other of the parents are, are able to be home with their children, it's, it's working pretty well. Uh, where where the, the traditional distance learning, I think, failed was because they were just tossed in a classroom somewhere to sink and swim by themselves, right. and they didn't have that, that accountability. Um, we are also um, having the students turn in homework assignments electronically. And we were just talking this morning about the fact that we're probably all going to move over on into, what's, what's that one we're using? Is it Canvas? Canvas. Uh -huh. Yeah because you can turn in homework assignments right. with Canvas, but that has just recently been all set up and we've got our students all lined up to do that because one of my teachers was saying she was getting homework assignments on at least four different platforms. You know, some was, some was being sent yeah. in emails, uh, several different email addresses. Um, so some were, be, were being sent in through text message and she was doing all that, um, try, trying to stay caught up. So we're trying to get it narrowed down to one place that the homework is going, but that's all part of the evolution of it, guys. If, if you're a teacher out there thinking, I've got to get this all set up all at once, just add a couple of new things for your sanity and also for the sanity of your parents and students as you go through this, because you're all experiencing the same the same frustrations at the same time. So you don't have to make it overwhelming for the for people. You have to be as flexible as possible with them. But we're finding that good learning is taking place. We're keeping our students engaged. 
Um, our, our, we, we, we continue to use, we have a special needs teacher because Title I, of course, has, has fizzled uh, with the state. But we have, uh, but we have, we're still using all of our teachers' aides and all of our, our special needs teachers because they are reaching out to the students who are struggling and working one-on-one -on -one or, or in small groups with them online to make sure they don't fall through the cracks. And so for those of you in schools who are thinking, how are we going to help our hourly employees? That's how you help them. You get them hooked up with your students online. You may have a teacher who, who uh, you, you, you may have your, your, your cafeteria lady who might not be able to be doing cafeteria work right now, but she can sit and listen to a first grader read to her on Zoom. Right. Right? Yeah, and that definitely. student who's having a hard time with reading can read to that teacher and there can be somebody, that, 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 that adult, who can be there and hold them accountable for the reading that they might be struggling with because they need that one-on-one. -on -one. So, so we, we are keeping all of our hourly staff employed, reaching out to our students that they're capable of based on their, their ability as adults to be able to reach out to those kids. And my special needs teacher is, is meeting in small groups with those students who are struggling and the teachers identify them. We, I really feel this student could use a call and some help in this and she'll set up an appointment and meet with them online and help them with their math or their reading or, or, or whatever they need help with. And so you can use your entire, your entire staff. And that, and that, that is a, um, a challenge I'm going to lay out to all of you is um, find ways to use those people because there are ways, there are things that we can't fix during the school year because there are students in the classroom. And so I'm having my maintenance man come in. He replaced a bunch of ballasts that had been out for a while that he's, he was able to get fixed. And there are a lot of other little odds and ends stuff he can't do when the kids are here. We're keeping, uh, keeping them busy, making sure they're still getting a paycheck, making sure that they're still being taken care of. That's great. Um, so, so you mentioned some, some, you mentioned some things that you're using like WhatsApp, um, Zoom, uh, Canvas, which is a learning management system. Are there any other tools that you're using to help stay connected and for communication? You know, we're we're um, we're still uh, for for communication. Well, one of the things that I decided to do, and I wish it was my idea, but my, but my parents know that I'm always up for a good idea, <laughs> and so they share with me, which I absolutely love. One parent called me the other day and said, "Rob, it'd be so great if you called the parents." on the phone and prayed with them individually. Hmm. Now, when you've got 140 kids, I'll tell you, I didn't do it in a day. Okay. <laughs> right. Did not have, it took a couple of days to get that done. But I will tell you, I had parents in tears on the phone as we prayed together. Wow. And I will, I will challenge all of my principals who, who are sitting there and you're not as busy as your teachers. Be honest right now. Your teachers are really working hard. You've got a little extra time. Pick up your phone. Talk to your families. And if you're in a bigger school like Fleece or some of those other schools, divide up your administrative staff. Give them a specific group of people that you can call. It takes, I can, I can vouch for the fact that it takes two days to call 140 people. It does. It, take, it takes a couple yeah. of days. You don't get to them. Um, and there's a, still a few that I only was able to leave messages with on their answering machines and, 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 and pray with them there. But to reach out that, that, that individual um, thing, and I, I, I've committed myself to doing it every couple of weeks, just to touch base with my families. But one of the coolest things about doing it is to hear my parents brag about my teachers. Okay, so because what are I, they bragging about? 
You, you know, they will brag about it. And, and what is cool is they're seeing how my teachers are in their classroom every day in their homes now. And so they talk about how dynamic my teachers are, how they're always mixing it up to be able to reach their kids, how they're always willing to pick up the phone and call between times to make sure that everybody understands. Um, how, how how creative they are in, in the way they they're designing their classes in order to, in order to reach their students. And then what is most important, because one of the things that we need to continue to do as principals, guys, look at me. Remember to do. I have staff meeting and worship with my staff every single morning at eight o'clock. Don't give up on that. We sit and we share. We share. We share prayer requests. We, we feed each other spiritually so that when we go into our classrooms, our teachers become conduits of the Holy Spirit into those homes. And each and, 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 and it was so incredible to hear the parents say, as I spoke to them, the, the spiritual outreach of your teachers is absolutely amazing. Because one of the things that we decided to do, and this is what we decided corporately to do, is when we start in the morning, we have worship with our students. And we do all the same things that we did using developmental designs. Myra, you're awesome teaching that to my teachers. Uh, and I'm a big fan. So, 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 so they're meeting in their circles. They're having their sharing time. They're doing all of those things. And you've got to understand when you do it with the kids, you're doing it with the parents as well. Yeah. And that is absolutely incredible. And, and really a big hit with the parents is they're hearing their children sharing and sharing their prayer requests and playing. And they develop games that they could play together in the morning um, with, with, with their students. And, and uh, those, those kinds of things that make sure that you're running a full program, that, that you're doing the things that connect your students together, absolutely powerful stuff. So, you know, because one of the things that, that I've heard sometimes is, oh, this is threatening Adventist education and this is a terrible thing. But what you're saying is, is that, yes, there's definitely some challenges to overcome and it's not easy and it's not the same thing, but there's also opportunities. Is that is that fair? Huge opportunities. And, and what I love is we we are here here at Sawgrass. We are so ahead of what's happening in the public schools. Mm. that many of my parents who have children in a public school that live next door and they're comparing notes together, ah. say, man, I'm so glad my child is at Sawgrass. Okay. And we've got to make sure that we do that. We're going all out with this guys, because this is a witness, not just to our children, but to their parents and to the community at large, because my parents say, and a lot of my parents say, I love to brag to my neighbors, what <laughs> my kids are getting at Sawgrass Adventist school. Because we talk about Adventist education just as kind of a compartment, but in a sense, it is evangelism. It really is evangelism, not only to our students, but now through this, we have the opportunity to really tell the story of what Adventist education is about and the Adventist community is about through all those networkings through the neighborhoods right. um, that, these, so that these people are in in very new ways. So that's really, that's intriguing. Are there any other stories you would like to share uh, from parents or or any, anything that, that just grabs you that's been, wow, this was just really cool that happened uh, through this experience. You know, I, I've shared some, some of the stories I was going to share, and this time I've, I've, already, I've already shared. Sure. Um, but I think I have one teacher in particular who um, 
my 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 parents were just bragging about. In fact, every time I ended up on on that particular calling one of those parents, it was like the parents had gotten together and had decided that they were going to tell me nothing but good things about this teacher. And and I, I want you to know, I've heard nothing but good things about about all of my teachers, but this particular teacher was just so amazing. And this this is another plus for getting on the phone and and calling your parents principals. Because then, as a principal, you can pick up the phone and call that teacher and say, "Hey, that teacher, your parents just love you, man. Yeah, keep up the good work." It gives us an opportunity to have those those, those connections, and 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 build our people up. Uh, it, it, it's so important to be boots on the ground and be in the front line, being the head cheerleader for your program and your teachers, and and. Um, and making sure that they know how incredible they are. Because when you feel appreciated and loved, I've seen even average teachers who after they've been appreciated and loved for a while become above average. And so many times we'll take a teacher that's struggling and just focus on what they're struggling on all the time rather than building them up. And and it's important because there aren't a lot of people crazy enough to be teachers anymore. Those parents who are hearing this know after homeschooling just your own kid, one child in the house, (laughs) you've aged 100 years. Imagine that with 21 kids in the classroom. Okay, so so people are discovering how amazing and what what an important um, resource these uh, educational professionals are. And the power of affirmation, you're saying, shouldn't be underestimated, both from the principals to the teachers, but also from the parents to the teachers, because that really makes a difference to affirm. And and yes, there may be things that you want, you'd love to see different, but make sure that you do the affirmation in the process uh, and make sure you emphasize the affirmation and then encourage and build um, the areas where they need strengths. That, that, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And, and I mean, we do it with our students. We all need it, and when we feel like we're appreciated, we will always do better. Always do better. Well, Rob, thank you very much uh, for taking this time and and sharing uh, with me and with the others that, that listen to this. We really appreciate it. I don't know if there's any closing thoughts or any final thoughts you you'd like to share just as as we close up. You know, the, the final thing I'd like to share is so many times we will look at a time like this and think of it as negative. But we've got to recognize that even the most negative situations can be positive in God's hands. So let's take the situation. Let's give it to God. Let's give it our all turbocharged by the Holy Spirit. And we will we can look back on this time as actually a high time in education for our students in times we're able to come together as families, in times of, of opportunities to reach out to our community. This doesn't have to be a dark day for Adventist education. This can be seen as a bright spot. And one, one thing I want to share with you, a lot of schools weren't brave enough to do this, but we even did parent-teacher conferences. Okay. And what's amazing with our parent-teacher conferences, and, and, and you, you got to know this because I love this. I've got the most incredible staff because other people might be too afraid to do it. My staff... They will, they, they, they will walk barefoot over shards of glass if it's going to help their students. Incredible stuff. And so we decided we were going to do parent-teacher conferences. We had better turnout online than we've had in the history of our school. We can honestly say we made contact 
online with parents and students of every single child in our school. Usually this time of the year, especially for the spring parent teacher conferences, we may see 15, 20%. We're able to see everybody on parent, wow. con parent teacher conferences. So much that we actually had just a short discussion of next time we, Nick, when things get back to normal, whatever that means, come parent teacher conferences, we're going to make a Zoom conference an option for our parents who are busy at work, who are sitting at a computer all day, that can take 15 minutes, a 15 minute break and interact with 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 the teacher, um, but do it online. So don't be afraid for those of you, my fellow educators who are out there who are thinking, man, it was a lot. It was a lot of work because when you're seeing that many parents, they had 15 minute meetings all day long on Zoom. So the next day I spoke to my teachers, I'm not going to lie, they were all exhausted. <laughs> I, that can be exhausting. They, they, were, they were all exhausted, but they were also exhilarated by the fact that they were able to meet with everybody. So I'm just throwing that out there, guys. Don't be afraid to do it. Sounds very good. Well, Rob, thank you very much for your time again. And we really appreciate uh, what you do there in Sawgrass and your leadership and uh, want to affirm what you're doing. It, it makes a difference in the lives of the kids in your school, and we're very grateful for your, your service and your dedication. Thanks for joining us on this episode of EdForum. Be sure to visit us online at edforum.adventist.org, where you can subscribe to the show on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate giving us a thumbs up and rating us on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too.